0: And run with the power pumps. Got the gun, they love the style. friends and thank you for joining us for this special two-part story from the adventures of Power Dog in Dogland. This story is a little different as it is from what we are calling the Fetcher Files. For as you've already heard, Power Dog is obviously not the only soul in the multiverse having adventures and making curious discoveries. This story from the Fetcher Files is called The Dog Who Rode Into the Sunset. Part 1. Once upon a time, it was not so very long ago either, a young dog named Fetcher lived with his family in an apartment which was in the city of Lictopolis. The apartment building was actually just at the edge of Lictopolis, and at the back, of this very large, lush, green park, which was nearest to their apartments. In the back of this park was a rather large hill, which was quite bald. Fetcher, who was as fond of playing by himself as he was with his younger brother and twin cousins, would often wander off alone to the top of the bald hill to play, or to gaze at clouds, or to take a little doggy nap. And if he stood right on top of it and looked one way toward the east, he could see right over the city with all its tall buildings and domes and spires. But looking the other way to the west, he could see for miles over the beautiful dogland countryside with its green fields and orchards and white roads and little houses. One evening, Fetcher was playing alone on the top of the hill when he noticed that one of the very finest sunsets he had ever seen was just coming on. The sky in the west, away over the broad country lands, was filled with little clouds of all sorts and shapes, and they were just beginning to take on the most beautiful, wonderful, crepuscular colors. Do you remember what crepuscular means? It means relating to twilight, those times of day when the sun is either rising or setting, and at this moment in our story, there was a real dazzler of a sunset happening in front of our dear Fetcher's eyes. Now, Fetcher was often amused by watching clouds and the strange shapes into which they seemed to change themselves, sometimes like great mountain ranges, sometimes like sea waves. And very often, like dogophants and phoenix and sea dogs, and all manner of interesting things like trees and vehicles and even toys. But never before had he been able to make out so many distinctly different creature shapes in the clouds. The sky seemed to be holding a great party for cloud animals. There were great lizards and dogophants and wallabies and bunnies and a funny dragon-type animal with very large ears, and there were all sorts of other peculiar dancing shapes. The sun was sinking behind a distant range of hills where a golden light shone out as if through a gateway. It was so much like a great golden gateway that Fetcher fell to imagining what might be found on the other side of it. Suddenly, Right in the middle of all the colored clouds, he saw one little cloud which was bright white. And as he watched it, he noticed that it seemed to be shaped like a small dragon. A very small dragon, it seemed, at that distance. But as Fetcher gazed, it grew bigger and bigger and bigger, just as if it were coming toward him very fast, "'and he was almost certain he could see its legs and wings moving. "'That startled him a little, and so he rubbed his eyes "'to make sure that they were not playing tricks on him. "'When he looked again, he was more startled than ever, "'for the little white cloud was no longer a cloud, "'but a little white dragon in real earnest, "'and it had just left the sky and was flying down the mountain range.' which he could see away in the west. In two minutes it had left the range and was coming across the fields towards him, jumping the fences, dodging under the trees, and racing across the plain with its white wings and tail tossing as it came. It seemed to be making straight for him. He was not too frightened. You mustn't think that about him but he was just beginning to wonder if it were not nearly time to go home to dinner. After all, the sun was setting, and surely his parents had never seen him skip a meal. Just as he was wondering what might be coming to the dinner table that night, he noticed that the white dragon had stopped just at the foot of the little bald hill. The dragon was looking up at him, tossing their head and pawing the ground. He thought this might be the most beautiful dragon that he could have ever imagined. The little dragon appeared to get over their excitement and began to pad quietly up the hill toward Fetcher. I don't think anyone would have blamed Fetcher if he had decided right then and there to turn tail and go home to dinner at once. But he was rather a brave pup and he was certainly very curious, so he just stood still and waited. After all, sometimes it's best to just stop and observe and wait. The white dragon strode right up to Fetcher and began to speak. "'Are Are you frightened?' frightened? asked the dragon. Now, Fetcher was just a little frightened by this time, as he had never met a dragon— "'and had definitely never been told "'they could come out of the clouds "'or perhaps even be the clouds. "'But he was not going to show his fear just yet, "'so he just asked, "'Who's frightened?' "'Why, I think maybe you're frightened,' "'said the dragon, just a little louder. "'Are you a timid little pup? "'I thought when I saw you from a distance "'that you were one of the plucky ones, "'but perhaps I was mistaken. (sighs) Are you just a little cowardly custard? Um, you clearly have no idea whom you're talking to, said Fetcher, suddenly losing any fear. He did not like to be called a cowardly custard. Uh Aha, cried the dragon. Very brave all at once, aren't you? "'All the same, you seem to be afraid to come nearer to me "'and give my scales a good scritch, aren't you?' Oh, well, what if I just don't want to scritch your scales?' said Fetcher. "'I thought not,' replied the dragon. "'I thought not, the moment I got closer to you. "'You are one of the frightened ones, "'and I wasted my time coming down to meet you.' "'Oh, who's frightened?' said Fetcher again.' You asked that before, replied the dragon, and I told you, if you're not frightened, come along and give me a little scritch or just a little pet, please. There's really nothing to be afraid of, and I've got an itch I just cannot reach. It's right, right here. Shrugging and looking around, Fetcher walked right up to the white dragon and gently stroked the dragon's shoulder under their large, bright white wing, and at once he felt that he'd been silly to hold back for of all the smooth, soft, silky coats of fur he had ever petted, the scales of the white dragon were certainly the smoothest and the softest and absolutely the silkiest. What a peculiar sensation he felt in his paw pads, as if he were playing with bubbles in a bath that were also a fluffy cottony blanket. "'Ah, there! Ah, now, oh, thank you,' said the white dragon. "'There really was nothing to be afraid of, was there? "'And I think that perhaps I was mistaken about you. "'I rather think you might be one of those daring pups "'that one reads about in stories. "'Now what about you just jump on my back for a little ride? "'I'm so grateful that you have relieved my bothersome itch.' "'Fetcher ceased to scratch the white dragon,' and drew back a little. What stories had this dragon been reading? It was as curious as clouds to hear that dragons also had books. Were there dragon libraries somewhere? My family will be expecting me home for dinner, Fetcher said, but I am so very pleased to indeed have met you, and I'd love to know more about how you came here. Fetcher always tried to be a polite dog. The white dragon nodded and smiled. Oh, come on, jump on my back, and I'll take you home. You will just love the ride through the air. Why, all the boldest explorers in the universe would give their ears just for one little ride on my back. Now then, come on, one, two, three, and up you go. Then, before Fetcher quite knew what he was doing, he shrugged his shoulders again and made a little run, and leapt up astride of the white dragon. I live just over there, said Fetcher, pointing a paw and his nose towards his apartment building. Before he could say dragon riding universe explorers or even dragon rockets, supposing he had wished to say any of these phrases, the white dragon laughed a bit of a tricky pranking laugh. <laughs> "'Sprang upwards from the ground "'and was soaring through the air "'toward the sinking sunset, "'right in the very opposite direction "'of home and dinner. "'Fetcher clung on tightly, "'for he was so high above the ground already "'that he had the good sense to be frightened, "'and far beneath him he saw the green fields "'and the white road, "'which now seemed like mere threads. "'This is not fair!' Whoa, stop, you trickster! You did not have my permission, he shouted to the white dragon. But the white dragon made no reply. Indeed, they seemed suddenly not so much like a dragon as like a white cloud, shaped like a dragon. And Fetcher saw that he no longer sat upon the dragon's silky scales, but upon something soft and downy like a white fleece, and it was slightly damp. Then he knew that he was riding upon a cloud, and as it was quite absurd to go on talking to a cloud, he just ceased to cry out. He just sat tight, hunkered down, and wondered, what would happen next? Fetcher was gliding through the air, high over a house now, one that he used to see from the bald hill. He knew it by the tall and bushy dogwood trees that grew around it, and down in the meadow he saw an older dog with a hose going out to water the garden. Fetcher called loudly to them, But the dog did not even look up. Now he was already far beyond that house, and above an orchard, where he saw the fruit trees standing in straight rows, and a few seconds later the mountain range was beneath him. "'and Fetcher felt that the cloud that had looked like a dragon "'was making straight for the Golden Gateway, "'which was now glowing dully in a gray sky. "'He was riding into the actual sunset. "'Swiftly as the wind that drove it, "'the cloud dragon drifted over the mountain range. "'There was a sudden glow of golden light all about them,' And then a flash of color, so wonderful that Fetcher could not bear to look. He closed his eyes, and as he did so, he felt that the cloud dragon had come to a halt at last. So Fetcher sat upon the cloud, not daring to open his eyes for quite a while. When at last he did look again, he almost fainted with the wonder of it. He was inside the sunset. All right, that's it for part one from this special Fetcher Files story. Now I'm joined by my co-author Hank. Hi Hank. Okay. I'm Hank. (laughs) Hi Hank. (laughs) I'm really glad we put this story together because I know that Fetcher means a lot to you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of big words we used in that story that kids might not be used to. One of them is that word I love called crepuscular.
1: Yeah, the old crepuscular.
0: <laughs> Do you remember what it means?
1: I, nobody knows. <laughs>
0: it it means of twilight. So like dawn or dusk.
1: Oh, yeah, like twilight, like stars.
0: Yeah, like magic hour.
1: Oh, yeah, magic hour. It's called magic hour because it's magic.
0: It is magic. It's it golden. Like yeah, it looks all magical. And then the other word I thought the kids might not be used to is the word phrases.
1: That means words.
0: Yeah, a collection of words. When you put a group of words together to mean something, like, oh, I don't know, dragon riding universe explorers. <laughs> it seems like you're already in a pretty silly place. Do you want to tell me a silly joke?
1: What 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 is a farting cow say? say for breakfast
0: moo fart
1: farting cow,
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Say> farting cow. <laughs> so naughty okay so <clears throat> my joke for you was why are dragons so amazing at making music
1: because I know they scales. Ah!
0: <laughs> Good joke. Okay. And before we go, I just want to mention that the author of the story, The Boy Who wrote Into the Sunset, is named C.J. Dennis. He was an Australian author and poet who wrote it sometime around 1921, which is 100 years ago, Hank. This leads me to recommend a wonderful story reading resource to listeners called LibriVox. Now, I wouldn't be a good librarian if I didn't let you all know that LibriVox is this online catalog of free public domain audiobooks read by volunteers from around the world. We will link to more information in our show notes, and we will include the LibriVox recording The Boy Who Wrote Into the Sunset by C.J. Dennis in our links maybe even a future episode. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. Hang on for part two of The Dog Who Rode Into the Sunset from the Fetcher Files, which we will publish in Two Shakes of a Dragon's Tale. If you like what you heard, you can see more content on our website, PowerDogAdventuresAllOneWord.com. There you can sign up for our infrequently emailed newsletter and also submit any good jokes. And we'll be forever grateful if you feel like telling your friends and family about the show. Special thanks to the inimitable Jason Rourke, who makes these stories sound extra good with his wise counsel, recording, sound design, and even original music. This podcast is made possible in part by funding provided by the Regional Arts and Culture Council in Portland, Oregon. Thank you, Rack. Hey, Granny and Gramps, what key did y'all say that's in? It's It's in in D
1: for for Dogland. He won't give up, our dog, he won't give up. Chases problems till they're done, our dog, he won't give up. When we're chasing trouble and we're zooming through the stars, sure he's right there beside us, just a zapping near and far. Till they're done. Our dog won't give up when we're fogging a volcano or we're straddling a storm. Our dog is right beside us. We've got special tales to tell And when we come together all our tails will wag as well So come with me to Dogland we've got special tales to tell And when we come together all our tails will wag as well Woof woof how